Welcome to Livable Launch. I'm your host, Matthew Slutsky. Today, we have an exciting conversation lined up with Zev Mendelbaum of Altree Development. We'll delve into Altree's latest projects, explore the art of amenity mixes, and discuss the evolution from launching luxury condos to establishing resorts in the Caribbean. Strap in and get ready for an insightful discussion only on Livable Launch. Hey, Zev, how you doing today? Hey, man, how's it going? <laughs> it's going well, thank you. So, big question everybody wants to know, what are you currently launching right now? What's going on and where? Oh, wow. Okay, we are launching Kingside Residences in the Scarborough Bluffs in the village of Cliffside. Now, one of my favorite projects over here, one of my best finds is Kingside, because as you know, my psyche is generally to go into these areas where, to quote Wayne Gretzky, we want to go where the puck's going, not where the puck is, and we're looking for a area that is about to pop about to explode with growth. And the reason why we're doing that is because it has something there. It has something amazing in that village that you want to take out. And Cliffside Village has that. First of all, this building that we were able to find and buy is not only spectacular, and not only did we do crazy amenities and crazy things to bring out the natural beauty that surrounds it, but the views are sprawling. You're sitting over the cliffs of Scarborough Bluffs. You're looking at water as if you're in the Caribbean. Also, what's very rare, and here it is, there is lots of buildings up and down the entire coast of the bluffs. However, there's only very few that have a path that take you right to the waterfront. There are many buildings that are sitting perched above the cliffs, but none as close to the cliffs as this one, and none that has a path that takes you directly to the water. So you're sitting on top, and yet you are beachside living at its finest. So from the beachside door, how long does it take to get to the bluffs? So I walked it from the door of your unit straight down to the edge of the water is seven minutes. Walk downhill. Uphill, to, you got to be in shape. What about boats? Any boats, uh, any boat slips? Can people actually uh-huh. use? I love boat slips, but Toronto is not that advanced to put boat slips all along the bluffs. However, yeah. a very, very short walk away is the marina, Bluffers Park Marina, where you have endless amounts of boats, endless amounts of sailing options right there. I'm a huge boater, as you may know. I love boats. It's like my crime of passion. I just love them. And every time I look at one, I just want to steal one. Not, I just want to pay for one, but um, I love boats. It's right there. But the other thing that's really cool about this building is the terraces. So, you know, I was, I was trying to figure out what to do. You know, you could do a sleep building and you could do this type of terrace and blah, blah, blah. And then I was looking at my uncle's building from Lindvest, Uncle George, who did B Streets at Bathurst and Bloor. And there, what he did was, is he wove the building in and out and did a weave, creating these monster terraces, okay? And these monster terraces are very unique because each terrace is a different shape and they're huge. You have barbecues and, and, and couches and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, how cool would this be to have these monster terraces weaving in and out, all unique terraces, all different sizes, facing the bluffs, perched on a mountain, Views of the water like you're sitting in the Caribbean, a beautiful sunset and sunrise. And then I looked at the other side of the building, the north side, and said, okay, so the south side is facing the water, and that is just like crazy bang out. In fact, I have a photo. I'll show it to you. You will not know if it's the Caribbean or Toronto. That's how beautiful it is. But the north side is all green. So what I did was a glass elevator. Remember those glass elevators yeah, of you go and they go right up the of building? Of course. So this is 10 stories of a glass elevator that goes right up the north side. So you're looking at the greenery as you come up. So you come up on the one side, it's green and beautiful and sprawling to the north. Then you get into your unit and then you're looking at the south water. It's like, where the hell am I? And then 15 minutes later, you're 
from your car here in downtown Toronto. The passion of Zev is infectious. You, you can't see him right now, but I want to be there right now. Well, you know, you don't I, understand. This building, when I bought this, okay, it wasn't on the market. This guy who owned the building, he was a, he's a wonderful friend, still a very good friend. He was 85 years old, and he said he wanted to retire. So we made a deal, and this was years ago, to buy the building from him. How, how many years ago was this? Uh, I started talking to him maybe five years ago, four years ago. Uh, well before COVID, so it was probably 2017, 2018. And are, are you now selling? Is it? Can yeah, someone, we are now selling. We're on the market. This, you can go, you can go right to the sales center. We built a beautiful sales center right there. Um, and just to tell you, this is part of a much larger project. Kingside Residence is the first building there. There'll be multiple buildings um, in this project. K1, K2, and K3. K1 is the first one in the most boutique. It's only 157 residences. The other buildings are larger. They're over, over 400 units. So this will be the first boutique high-end one with unique balconies and right you're, over here. You're now, obviously, you mentioned it before, you are committed to Scarborough. I mean, you, you see this as the next big explosion area. It's so funny because when I was a little kid, the first condo I ever bought was called the Monopoly in the Toy Factory. And the toy factory was in a little tiny place that had nothing going when I was there. And this is like in the year 2000. And it was um, called Liberty Village, which back then was like nothing. Nothing. It was. And my father walks in and I don't know, Barry and my father go and they buy the Irwin toy factory. Do you remember the Irwin toy factory yep. with those games? And I went to go see it and I'm like, this looks crazy. What is going on here? And my father said, no, no, this is going to be the hottest neighborhood. And I like, are you crazy? There's nothing going on here. Now, 20-something years later, look at Liberty Village, it's popping. In the last five years, even. I mean, it is, the change in Liberty Village is outstanding. Okay, it good. Is, so how much do you think, I have to remember the year, but it must have been 2005 by the time I actually bought or something like that, right? How much do you think my unit was? You were paying a crazy price back then. Oh, it was you, insane. You were, it was you were, so expensive. You were, you were paying like $295 a square foot. $284 a square That's foot for the Monopoly. How crazy <laughs> is that, eh? Times were tough, let me tell so, you. So Scarborough. You should have seen the mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> so Scarborough is the next Liberty Bill. You see that you are you are building a lot a lot there. No, I believe that Toronto is not one city with one identity. I've said this over the years of my career. Toronto is a mosaic. What's the difference between America and Toronto? America is a painting. All the colors blend into each other and you're one big place. Toronto's a mosaic, it's tiles. Every tile is its own painting. Together it makes a collage called Toronto. Scarborough is just that. Scarborough's not Scarborough. It's villages, and each village has its unique flair and its unique opportunity. Cliffside Village has the retail. It has the beauty of the bluffs. It has the beauty of the parks. It has its own culture that's homogeneous to those few blocks. Move over, you're in Birchcliff Village, a completely different culture, which we're gonna come out with Birch House Condominiums later on this year, which will tell you a whole different culture. Each part of the city, is a village and each neighborhood that's a village has its own culture and its own uniqueness. Now, you, you've got a lot coming up in the pipeline. You've got like 18 projects in the pipeline, a few coming up sooner, like Club 285, Birch, but just because we were talking about uh, the Caribbean, you, you're not just Toronto, the mosaic of Toronto. You're building an entire five-star resort in the Caribbean as we speak. Absolutely. So uh, it's a family project, um, father and son. My father and I are partners in this one. Um, it's a legacy project. Our family has been the hospitality arm over the years. Uh, we did the Leisureman Hotel downtown. We're doing the Glen Hill Hotel here. But hospitality has always been something that we've wanted to venture into, but a condo hotel. M matching the condo lifestyle and the hotel to create a resort living. Our family's been going to St. Martin since 1991, since before Hurricane Lewis. 
And we have this unique ability, uh, ability and opportunity to build a world-class resort and spa with one of the most amazing spas in the Caribbean, amazing culinary experiences with four restaurants, 25 acres, units that will dazzle your mind, interior design by Studio Munje, leading hotels of the world, and it's an incredible experience. But it also teaches me a lot because when you do a resort, you learn how to marry resort living with condo living. And that's what I want to talk to you for a second about. Uh, let's just kind no, of... No, listen, I'll give you one free night, okay? <laughs> I want to switch a little bit to, to Forest Hill Private Residences, which I think you still have a few suites remaining. Mm -hmm. um, but that is really marrying resort living and condo living in, in Midtown Toronto. Absolutely. Like, we are actually topping off now. We topped off the building already, so we're finished, the building exterior. Um, we are having our top-off party beginning of July. So I'm very excited because the windows are going up now, and soon the limestone is going up. And when that limestone and granite is up, it's going to be the nicest building in Toronto. And now beyond just the architectural style, because it's a beautiful building, yeah. what have you done differently that other builders aren't, developers aren't doing to make it this resort living? I, mean, I know there's- You know what? At the end of the day, you want to live in a resort. People today don't want to live by themselves in a lonely box. They want that box to be an immersive experience. So when you have a 24-hour concierge, when you have... Uh, two different lobbies and a lobby that's catered towards immersive experiences, sociability, interactive experiences such as coffee, tea being served in the lobby, having a lounge in the lobby that you can sit at. So that means you meet your neighbor, you know your neighbor, you're treated with white glove service. The minute you get out of your car, your car's whisked away, <laughs> groceries right up to your door. That, no, groceries right up to your door, if I'm not mistaken, that's lobby two, right? Of There's course. like the drop-off lobby, yeah, delivery you come lobby. come on in, guy comes out, takes your car, the groceries go up to the service lobby. Um, you can go to the main lobby over there, have a coffee, read the newspaper, get to know your neighbor, get to know your concierge. He gets to know you. Oh, you want your favorite tickets, whatever, ready. Oh, you just got back in town from out of town. Don't worry, we've already stocked your fridge. Now, obviously, that is a very luxury building. Mm. Um, but are you bringing those elements of kind of resort living to all your new buildings? Absolutely. So everything has this concept of resort style living or something that's giving you a bigger zest out of life. So let's take Kingside for example. So most small boutique buildings you come in, there's a little tiny lobby and all the amenities are hidden behind. So here we do have a fitness center, we have a party room, we have all that, but we also did was we created a lobby that feels like a hotel. As soon as you come into that lobby, it's huge. There's a relaxation area, there's an outdoor area, there's co-working spaces, there's tables you can sit at and work at. There's private offices that open up to the lobby. So now you have an animated lobby. Just like you come into a hotel, your first experience is the energy of that hotel. It's the lobby. You walk into the Shangri-La and there's a whole thing happening. There's live music and all best that. Lobby in, best lobby in the city. Exactly. What happens if every condo is like that? What happens when you walk into Kingside and not only that, you have this amazing lounge experience to your right and then open in front of you is couches, is, 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 um, is offices that you can work at, co-working, people working, people taking phone calls, people sitting, people having coffee going outside and enjoying the air, all there, that it's whole room. You're creating an entire experience within the condo living. Yeah. Incredible. You're also- You're gonna go on a date in the downstairs of Kingside. You know why? It's your condo building. You'll be like, why would I go to a different hotel when I could just go on a date with you downstairs? So Kingside right now launching. Mm. Coming up next, you've got Club 285. Ah, the Club 285, Marley and Viewmount, the gem, the diamond in the rough. Marley, the new Ossington. Oh my like goodness, you nailed it on the head. Head. Look at the connectivity. You got like literally 
bus stops, train stops. You're sitting on the Glencairn station. You, you, you got, got Zito's right there. I mean, the, amazing, the best, right? the best grocery store in town. And you also got, a, you know, you got a Sobeys right across the street yep. too, right? Also, you got Eglinton, you got Lawrence, you got Lawrence Town Center. There's just like retail coming out of your yin yang. You got literally connectivity throughout the city. You're a one stop to LRT, take you east west. You can get anywhere you need to get, right in middle of the city. Marley, this it's, gem. It's the forgotten Glencairn, the forgotten the diamond in the rough. Absolutely. It's so forgotten, it's the secret that's meant to be revealed. And <laughs> now, that is the tagline for Club 285. And that's why it's called Club 285. Because we thought, what is the coolest thing ever? Now, a speakeasy. Okay. So, so we designed this like a speakeasy. You designed the entire condo as a speakeasy? Or? Oh, we're doing two buildings there. But yes, the entire thing is a whiskey lounge experience, the, the amenities, the entire thing. So this is, is not about so that undertone of the secret that's meant to be revealed the best location in toronto fast forward five years like you said Ossington. it, it really is a secret i mean it is as i mentioned you've got glencairn right there you've got one stop to the lrt but you're also right at alan rook i mean you it's also a, have me as a neighbor i live a few blocks away as do i <laughs> <laughs> the two best people in the city so we opened the coffee shop there club 285 is a coffee shop right now okay so right now the sales center is not open yet you can't buy there yet but there is a coffee shop. Absolutely. Go grab your coffee at Club 285. Best coffee in the house. The corner of Marley and Viewmount. And if you walk up to the desk and get a coffee, just ask the barista if there's any secrets to be revealed. And maybe, just maybe, she'll send you down a hidden portal. If you're sent down this hidden portal, mm. can you get VIP access to buy a unit there? Absolutely. Uh, and when Special is codename Matt. <laughs> um... Club 285, the coffee shop, now open. When do sales actually start for, for the condo? For Club 285? Yeah. We're hoping right after the summer, probably October, November. Um, first, we're going to Kingside. So Kingside's selling now over the summer, and we're going right into Club 285, and then into Birch House. And Birch House, where is Birch House? Birch House is in Birchcliffe Village, right next to Kingside. It's about a kilometer and a half away um, in the village of Birchcliffe Village, which is probably the most historic vintage most charming neighborhood you'll ever be. Think of Gilmore Girls, that little neighborhood, My Girl, all those wonderful movies, Grease, taking you back in time. It literally transports you to a different time and era. It's also on the bluffs, sprawling views, but it's also surrounded by vintage and historic buildings from the early late 1800s to early 1900s. Um, and when you go, you'll see from the brick to the rusticness to all of it, it's that village, that charming little village where everybody knows your name. And you've been, for previous launches, you've been buying up vintage cars, mm. uh, which kind of matches that kind of, that village feel that you're talking about. I know, right? Is that playing into this at all? Is that is that continuing on with, with any of these projects or is that? Well, every project has to match the village that it's in. It has to match that neighborhood. The neighborhood of, of Birchcliff is very much that. And if you go, you'll see the little bakery, the little coffee shop, lots of home and garden stores, lots of uh, what we call chachka stores. Um, all different types of things like that, cafes. It's a very, um, it's a very, uh, it's a very warm environment. It, it kind of transports you back into the '60s and '70s, maybe even the '80s. I just break out in grease lightning when I'm there because I start thinking of you know grease lightning and all that kind of stuff, and I go, it's hydromatic, systematic, you know that kind of thing. Um, what's amazing about some of these projects and some of these buildings and some of these neighborhoods that if you get it right, it transports you to a really different realm. Absolutely. Now, as mentioned earlier, you've got 18 projects on the, on the go right now. Um, we talked about uh, Kingside, 
Club 285, Birch House. Obviously, there's a lot more going on. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your history? Because you, you, your family is steeped in uh, new construction <laughs> since, I don't know when, since like the 1800s. Well, my uh, grandfather you know, came in 1948 and started real estate in 1956. And that was Sandy. Sandy, H&R. Um, since then, um, H&R, and we have a million one cousins all the way from Fieldgate, H&R, Lanterra, Lindvest, Medallion, Firmland, Marlin Spring, Altree, Daft Park. I got to be missing a few in there. Um, H&R Property Management, Base. So it's one big happy family. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of members of this family. That's why all of us do a ton of development. So it may sound like we're doing a lot, but we are also a monster family. Yeah, and Merlin Springs was one of your- old Yeah, so I started Merlin Springs with Ben and Elliot, my brother-in-laws. Um, there's a whole succession planning. So if you look at G1, G2, G3, G4, we're up to G5 in the family. So there's five generations. G3 of just the Hofstetter side was over 27. So um, G1 is I worked in H&R, then I worked in Lanterra, then I started Marlin Spring with Ben and Ellie, then and I'm 10 years younger than Ben. So I started a company called Altree Developments five years ago. Still a partner in a lot of the Marlin Spring projects, but uh, let me just tell you, my family, if you're not into development, you really got to figure out your life goals. Absolutely. I mean, you guys are the golden family of new development. It's pretty uh, incredible. I, thank you, but it's uh, all grandpa. Um, any key lessons that you've learned along the ways that you want to share with, you know, again, th th we're really talk speaking to purchasers and investors right now, mm -hmm. but any key lessons on the industry that you want to share that you think are just golden nuggets when buying, buying new construction, not so, buying a used home, <laughs> buying a new home. So let me, uh, you know, let me tell you my childhood. Um, so, you know, we used to walk to synagogue and, and because we don't drive on the Sabbath, I, I walked my grandfather and I was the designated grandchild to walk him every week. It's not a so, designated driver. You're, you're the designated walker. The designated walker. Yeah. So I walked him um, 30 minutes each morning, cold, rain or shine to, uh, to synagogue and back. And I got a lot of pearls of wisdom from him. And this is a man who survived Auschwitz, who's, you know, started from nothing. He was an egg salesman on the back of a bicycle and, and really built our family up in a short period of time. And he'd been through a lot. They've been through good times. They've been through bad times from Holocausts, recessions, you name it, it hit them. And one of the things what he was always able to do was look at the big picture in life and see past the storm. And when the media shrouds you in storm to be able to take back and take a look and say, okay, what is the fundamentals? Where's my goal? Where am I going? It was always about where am I going? See, the thing about Toronto is it's only going in one direction. And whether the media or whoever clouds it and the market may be good one day or bad one day, at the end of the day, when you look over the period of time to where Toronto's going, it's only going up. Keep your eye on the goal because at the end of the day, real estate in the city can only get more expensive. It will only get more expensive. There will only be more people coming. In the history of mankind, like they say, real estate in Manhattan was overpriced 50 years ago, was overpriced overpriced 25 years ago, was overpriced now, and will probably be overpriced forevermore. And that's Toronto. It's growing up into that city, and we're just riding that wave. What are the biggest issues that you see facing Toronto right now? As we come to an election, obviously, there's a lot going on with interest rates. But when it comes to, to new construction, housing, what do you see as being kind of the well? Big we all know that the hardest one is getting approvals done. The zoning timeline has gone from what used to be nine months zoning in the city of Toronto to three to four years now for an average project. Yeah, but you talked about um, Kingside acquiring that five years ago. 
and you're, and you're just <laughs> launching it right now. You know, it takes forever to get things approved. That's that's the truth. I think that's a huge challenge over here. Um, the, the government regulations and government tape and well as the government costs that they've added to these projects is, is certainly very difficult. The current timing, obviously, getting mortgages is, is difficult. But at the end of the day, you know, when you're buying into real estate, that's exactly that. It's real estate. It's not a fictitious concept. It's bricks and mortar. And bricks and mortar are something that's rare and unique in its own right. So if you could get your hands on something that's a rare object that will only get rarer because they can never create enough development to substantiate the needs of the city, I think you're buying something that's real for the future. As we talk about purchasers, what is the current sales process like? I mean, Toronto is, you know, you talked about New York and, and these other areas and the purchasers types are very different in, in Toronto and Canada because of the way that, especially on the high rise side, you have to sell. Um, what does the current sales process look like? Who's actually buying um, these units? Is there a difference between someone who's buying at Forest Hill versus buying on Marley versus someone buying in Scarborough? Yeah, historically, end users really buy once a building is built. It's very hard for them to visualize what's gonna be or what their life's gonna be in a number of years. As the real estate market got more expensive, they saw you know, pre-con as a way to get into the market and maybe build up that nest egg. But it was pretty much dominated by platinum agents selling to investors, which are really bridging the gap of a pre-construction condo to help finance it up to the time that it's built. Once it's built, the majority of those investors would either close on the units and rent them out, or they would assign those units to somebody else who would be an end user. Um, as time has continued, more and more end users need to live in places. And that means that you have to get in by hook or by crook, which is now leading us to a more robust end user market earlier on in the construction process. We are looking at a diverse pool of buyers now. Buyers are categorized maybe into three or four different categories. We used to have the pure investor. They're just for the financing game. They're to take advantage of the deposit structure and assign the deal before it opens. Then we had the guy who was the investor who was going to close on the unit and rent it out for income, maybe break flat, but capital appreciation because he knows the unit's going to go up in value or one day be able to pay down the mortgage so that he has an income stream when he retires. Then we had another type of investor who was buying the unit for his child, which is the hybrid end user investor. This is the guy who says, hey, you know what? My 10-year-old son or my 15-year-old son or my 20-year-old son needs a place to live in four years or I want them to get into the housing market. So I'm buying that unit for them. Or in this market in Toronto, buy when you're young. So your children who aren't even born yet will have a place they can afford Correct. in the future. And then the fourth category, which is probably becoming one more prevalent is, is I need a place to live in four or five years. I'm in college, like you said, or I'm in this and I'm downsizing or I'm here and I need a place. But if I wait till the end user market, it's going to be too late. So I have to get in now. Any foot in the door into real estate. Absolutely. To, it's your first step. Absolutely. And do you want to talk at all about, again, we, we mentioned Club 285, uh, Birch House. Do you want to talk about any of your other, is there any kind of golden nuggets? I think they're all golden nuggets, obviously, but any really special ones coming coming down the pipeline, whether it's, I, I'm sure you're- well, you, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag just yet, but we have lots of exciting projects coming up. Um, we have, we're in occupancy now for 36 Zara, which is at the Queensway and Islington. Um, one of the most beautiful buildings along the Gardner. We're going to be doing a sister building to that site, another uh, 300 units that we'll bring to market hopefully end of next year. But that building, we have a few units left now as we get into occupancy. We're um, topping off and hopefully we'll be completing this coming year um, for still private residences, the prima donna living in Toronto. Um, we have Highland Com as well under construction as well. 
and we just launched Kingside. So lots in the marketplace. Um, the good news about real estate is once you create the asset, it's an asset forevermore. When you, when, you know, you're talking about the number of sites that you currently have under development, and I'm sure you're constantly buying up new sites. Or, you know, most people look in like a five-year history, a five-year future of themselves. Are you looking like a hundred years out? Like how, so, how far you know, out do you plan? Some people get into a cab and the guy says, where are you going? And their first response is down the block. Another guy gets in the cab and says, where are you going? And he says, well, what do you want to know today, 10 years from now, 30 years from now? So I can only look at five-year segments of myself because the world's going to change. You can plan. You know what they say? Man tracht and God lacht. Man plans and God laughs. Right? So Great we can thing. plan, but we always have to remember there's pivot strategies. You have to adapt and evolve with the times. So I do have a vision of where I'm going and what I'd like to do. Um, you kind of hit on the head. You kind of see um, resort living, hospitality living becoming more and more prevalent in our lives, making our lives easier in many respects, whether it be through technology or amenities or the way we design these buildings. Even living, you talked about you, you didn't get into smaller units or larger units, but I'm actually starting to see units go larger now with higher end selling prices creating a dynamic in the marketplace. And you're seeing this in Florida and in New York where maybe agents need to be paid a lot more commission for those units because they're harder to sell. But at the end of the day, the demand and the, the inherent demand, meaning not the demand for the pre-con, but the demand for the actual product that people need to live in. You can't live in a 400 square foot box. Yep. <laughs> so we're starting to see you know unit sizes creep up. Um, funniest thing is there used to be huge demand for studios and now that studio demand has changed as well. I do think studios will have a huge demand always because they replace the hotel unit. It's right. I, I, um, there's a product that I love that I seem to tell everybody about. It's called Bumblebee. And it's essentially like... No way. Bed. Buzz Buzz guy likes a Bumblebee, <laughs> huh? What are the odds of that? Now livable. <laughs> buzz Buzz Home's old news. But it's essentially modular living systems that are in the ceiling that come down. So you could take... 400 square foot unit, push a button, your bed comes down. Yeah, I saw that. The day starts, you so put your cool. bed up and you have your desk come in, it turns into an office. Mm -hmm. I mean, an incredible product. I see, I see flexes being the real future of any of these spaces. No matter how big they are, they need to be really flexible spaces to be able to accommodate today's living. Um, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Thank you very much. But if somebody wants to buy either at uh, Club 285, Birch House, uh, Kingside, Forest Hill, where do they do? How do they get in touch? Send us an email to info at altreedev.com and we will directly respond to your response and have one of the agents reach out to you. Make sure we get you the best price, the best deal, and the best customized service we can. Thank you for tuning into Livable Launch, your go-to podcast for all things condo and new home launches. We hope today's episode has given you valuable insights into the exciting world of real estate development and the minds behind these remarkable projects. We're incredibly grateful to our esteemed guests and our dedicated listeners like you who continue to make this podcast a success. Remember, Livable Launch is here to keep you informed, inspired, and engaged with the ever-evolving landscape of condo and new home developments. We value your feedback and want to ensure that Livable Launch remains your trusted source of information. So don't hesitate to reach out. Remember, we're all in this exciting journey together. If you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on our website or social media platforms. And if you're a builder industry expert who wants to share your expertise and be featured on our show, please get in touch. We'd love to hear about your latest projects, launches, and insights. Thank you again for joining us on Livable Launch. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast 
so you never miss an episode. Stay up to date with the latest condo and new home launches, trends, and insider knowledge. Until next time, keep building, dreaming, and exploring the world of real estate. Remember, Livable Launch is here to guide you for every step of the way. I'm Matthew Slutsky, and this is Livable Launch signing off. Happy building and see you soon.